Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. We need to regain our bearings and to recall our original construction and our architecture. We need Americans to be confident about self-governance for men and women who've been given a republic to hold. We need to be able to see clearly the three immense and enduring reasons for our hope. The Constitution, our institutions, and most fundamentally, the people themselves. That was Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska yesterday delivering his final speech on the Senate floor. We're going to dive into his message looking at those three reasons for hope. The Constitution, our institutions, and the American people. We'll also look at some of the suggestions he made for fixing broken government, including the United States Senate. So on a day where there's a lot of pessimism about what's going on in Washington, D.C., while there are a lot of folks wondering about the future of the republic, uh, Senator Sass gave some very specific reasons why we should still be confident. Even in the midst of the sausage making and all of the distractions, uh, there's much to be hopeful for and there's much that we can do. Senator Sass explained why we should have hope in the Constitution. The U.S. Constitution is the greatest political document ever written. The central principles that undergird it, the universal dignity of human beings, and thus the rejection of absolute power, because souls cannot be compelled by force, this is the soul of America. When the country's at its best, we're making good on that promise, and no country has been more blessed with wise political arrangements than we. The separation of power both vertically and horizontally. It's a glorious inheritance. And despite attacks by demagogues, the Constitution endures. At the convention in Philadelphia, George Washington called this document the standard to which the wise and the honest can repair. So long as the Constitution endures, we too can repair and recover and hope again in this system. Senator Sass went on to explain why we should have hope in our institutions. We know that we're weak and fragile on our own, but the bonds of community enable us to flourish. Our institutions are the vital centers of our life together. Small and large, local and national, temporary and enduring, institutions are the gathering places where we find what we need to keep going. The churches that serve the needs of their communities, the schools that sharpen the minds of the next generation, the businesses that keep our households up and running, the little leagues, the ballet troops, Fourth of July parades, Christmas carolers, the million and one other associations and organizations and clubs, cubs and groups through which we live and pass along our life together. When our institutions are withering, America withers. But when our institutions bud anew, 
America is alive and new again. And that's why America will always belong to the doers, not the whiners. <laughs> the doers, not the whiners. And this idea of the institutions, this interconnectedness of civil society. He talked about churches and businesses, little leagues, dance troops, carolers at Christmas. Uh, all of those are things that bind us as a nation, the gathering places that uh, enable us to come together, whether it's virtually uh, or in person, that gathering, that coming together, that institution uh, is what matters the most. Senator Sass expanded, saying that America belongs to those who are building and giving, not to the powerful. America belongs to the man in the arena willing to spend himself in a worthy cause. America belongs to the parents who eat on the go so their kids can eat at the dinner table. America belongs to the inventors and innovators whose garage tinkering changed the world. America belongs to the neighbors who see someone in need and go out and launch a soup kitchen and a clothing drive and an after-school tutoring program. They don't wait for this city. They move. We've not thrived for two centuries because of power at the top and in the center. We've not thrived chiefly because of who was in office or because of the rules and regulations that are handed down from Washington. Rather, we've thrived because of the diversity in every city, in every town, in every neighborhood Though different, you find this sameness. The people who don't want to be served, but to serve. Those who are not taking, but giving. Those who are not tearing down, but building up. That kind of sameness will take. In America, oneness is not sameness. It is the diversity, but it's that sameness in purpose. That oneness in purpose. in, In making a difference. In helping a neighbor in need. Of coming together as a community. Uh, And that's the important stuff that we have to get to, especially on a day like today, where we can talk about embarrassment. We can talk about what's not happening in government. We all need to remember today that the reason we all should have confidence in the future of America is not what's happening in Washington, Washington today. It's what's happening in your neighborhood today. Now, that led Senator Sass to uh, talk about some reasons for hope in terms of what comes next. And here is thus the third reason for hope, the American people themselves. For America does have a civil religion. It isn't a precise theology, but it's instead a shared anthropology. It's about people important enough and with enough dignity that the state is not allowed in our system to get in the way of each of our individual needs to make sense of mortality and the afterlife, to make peace with God, and to consider carefully how we would redeem our days for those days are numbered and finite. Ultimately then, our system, our faith in the Constitution and in our institutions flows from what we believe in common about people themselves and the universal dignity that the 330 million of us possess from our Creator. Universal dignity. And that kind of respect, especially for those that we have differences with, is what really matters. Senator Sass went on to say that the real divide in America isn't even between Democrats and Republicans, but pluralists and zealots. And he explained how we can actually recover. Policy debates obviously matter, but the most important divide in American life today isn't red versus blue. It's pluralist versus political zealot. Recovery will come only from the pluralists. And here's what it will look like. Citizens that resist the temptation to reduce fellow Americans to caricatures of political affiliation. Recovery requires investment in things that outlast partisan preference. We must steward the present age and play our small but vital part in the work of self-government 
Because yes, policy matters, and yes, there must be important and vigorous debate, and no, being polite for the sake of being inoffensive isn't the highest good, and no, mushy middle kumbayaism will not be a strategy. Uh, I love all of that. <laughs> it's not about kumbaya or rose-colored glasses by any sense of the imagination. Senator Sass continued saying that we can't just debate policy if we can't get out of the current mess. That's the real test. But more than debates about policy, we need Americans to believe they can build again. We need to believe that loving your neighbor is more important than the policy disagreements. We need to be invested in those actually central institutions that make the nation vibrant. And this is why the Senate matters so much. And so let's go into that. The senator talked about the institution that he has been part of, the United States Senate and why the Senate could play and should play an important role in reviving America while acknowledging currently it's badly broken. The Senate has a special role to play in America's recovery. Senators, colleagues and friends, each of us knows that this institution doesn't work very well right now. Each of us knows we should be taking a look in the mirror and acknowledging that lives lived in a politicized echo chamber are unworthy of a place that calls itself a deliberative body, let alone the world's greatest deliberative body. Too many of the so-called debates here aren't debates at all, not in the way that Webster or Clay, Dirksen or Chase Smith could even recognize. When we're being honest with each other, which usually means when we're on one of the very rare occasions where cameras aren't present, We all know that a big chunk of the performative yelling that happens here and in every hearing room is just about being booked for even more performative yelling at night on TV. 99% of political tweets come from 5.5% of Americans. The primetime lineups of the three biggest cable networks almost never hit 2% of the public. So much of the performative BS that happens around here is about getting invited on shows that don't have an audience. We're going to continue the discussion and the conversation uh, with Senator Ben Sass. his final speech in the United States Senate. A lot to think about, a lot to fix that's broken, and a lot of good places where I think there is some hope for the future. Stick around. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll come back with more Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. If you're just joining us, we are tracking the votes on the floor of the House of Representatives, votes being cast for Speaker of the House. We are on round number nine, and we are just uh, in the early stages of that. There were some additional nominations. Uh, Representative Hearns was also nominated this round, in addition to Representative Donald's. Of course, Representative Hakeem Jeffries uh, leads the Democrats, and then Representative McCarthy. Uh, So we're continuing to watch those votes as they play out. We'll update those as we go through. I want to pick up the conversation and the uh, final speech, uh, sort of a last lecture from 
Senator Ben Sass, who is leaving the United States Senate, heading to become the president of the University of Florida. Uh, he will do some great uh, overhaul and transformation there, I am sure. But uh, one of the things that he mentioned in his speech on the floor of the Senate as he's getting ready to step down, he talked about an interesting place where the Senate is working. And interestingly, it's on the Intel Committee. Here's the way Senator Sass described it. A lot of us behind closed doors when the cameras are off say that we want a different Senate. We want a place that prioritizes long-term legislation that looks at the nation's most fundamental challenges. A lot of us want an institution that takes seriously the rise of an expansionistic, militant, imperialist China and debates the best paths to attacking that challenge. And that does happen, but it happens in the Senate Intelligence Committee, which is both good but also a cautionary tale about our more fundamental problem. Intel works largely because we have no cameras there to reward performative grandstanding. Intel works because it's classified and because it has the excuse of being classified. So where will be the meaningful beyond tribal debates about the hollowing out of local communities, about the increasing deaths of despair? Where will we debate how we can more effectively address the crisis of family formation and the crisis of our long-term debt? I think that's such a critical point that the senator raises, that behind closed doors, the Intel Committee, because it is intelligence and national security related, there are no cameras in the room. So neither Republicans nor Democrats have any reason to do the performative grandstanding that gets you on cable news or gets you a bunch of clicks and likes on your social media feed. And the senator said that is both a great thing because they have much better debates, much better conversations, much better uh, policy comes out of that. The sad thing is, is we're never going to have those kind of conversations about deaths of despair, about overcoming some of the big holes in Social Security or dealing uh, with the southern border and so on. We can't have those if all we get is performative grandstanding uh, because the cameras are on. Senator Sass went on to say that the digital arena that so many members of the House and the Senate are addicted to simply cannot replace the floor of those institutions. No other place can serve the purpose of this room. Some people, including weirdly some who serve in this body, think that the public square has migrated online, that you can substitute debate of humans who actually know each other and take a long-term perspective with social media and with tweets. They're lying to themselves. Twitter is awesome for sports, to be clear. But if it serves any broader public purpose, it's basically just a public reminder of the lunatic asylum that is potential in all social contagion. Digital space cannot recreate what this chamber does, and hard thinking can almost never happen in 280 characters. Hard thinking, deep thinking uh, that we have so lost in society can't happen online. You got to have that conversation face to face and you have to be willing to be still long enough both to think deeply, to listen deeply to someone else's point of view, to ask not only good questions, but great follow up questions and listen to the response. That's how communication happens. Senator Sass then in again, his final speech on the floor of the United States Senate called for more moderation in the Senate, but not the kind of moderation you're thinking. Take a listen. At one level, I'm just making a boring, mundane argument for a certain kind of moderation. But I don't chiefly mean policy moderation. 
Let there be debates across the continuum from far left to center left to center right to far right. Debate policy with vigor. But we need a different kind of moderation. We need a Senate that is characterized by tonal and dispositional moderation. And tonal and dispositional moderation flows chiefly from humility and wisdom and for an awareness that we are ensouled and that souls cannot be coerced. And a government that recognizes and respects us as souls should elicit from each of us great gratitude. Uh, I think we should listen to that one like 10 times <laughs> because those are the critical things. Yes, we want rigorous policy debate from the left to the center left to the center right to the far right. Let's have that debate. But what Senator Sass called for was a tonal and dispositional moderation. And that can only flow from humility, wisdom, and awareness that we each are unique souls, that we cannot be coerced. Uh, And think of those. How often do we talk about those qualities in the House of Representatives or the United States Senate? Humility, wisdom, awareness of the dignity and the soul of the other person. Uh, That's the kind of moderation we need to get to. Tonal moderation, dispositional moderation. Again, flowing from humility, wisdom, and an awareness. Senator Sass said that there's one thing that the country needs more of if we really want to get the country back on track. In this moment, what we need as a nation more than anything else is more gratitude, not more grievance. We Americans have been given so much to be thankful for. We are blessed with a limited government that exists to protect historic freedoms, stuff unprecedented on the world stage, free exercise of religion, free speech, free assembly, a free economy. There are real injustices in America's past and in our present, and we cannot and should not overlook them. But the answer to injustice is never wallowing in or trying to inflame victimhood. So it's not about victimhood. Uh, It is answering and making sure we overcome injustice. And it's also recognizing this whole idea of gratitude. Again, how many times have you heard gratitude talked about on the floor of the United States Senate? That we've been blessed with so much in this nation. Limited government, free exercise of religions, free speech, ability to assemble, to pursue our own version of our American dream. All of those things are absolutely vital. And I think one of the things that the senator hit on uh that touches uh, close to home for me is this whole idea of gratitude and not grievance. The United States is not a grievance society. There are some places in the world where it is about grievance, where it's not about me getting more. It's making sure that I have more than my neighbor or that my neighbor has less. Grievance is about a scarcity mentality rather than an abundance mentality. Grievance and scarcity Uh, are always about, well, if you're doing well, that means I'm doing less well because everything is limited. And I think the senator's invitation to all of us is to let's abandon this false grievance narrative, this victimhood that is seeped into so many corners of our society and has crowded out gratitude and abundance. And coming together to not just solve problems, but to create prosperity for everyone. And it's not about equal outcomes. 
it's about pursuing your version of the American dream. And then we do what Americans always do. We show gratitude. And then we have this immense capacity for compassion. And we pour that out. No one's more giving than the people of the United States of America. Always the first to rush in when there's a natural disaster, when there's a tragedy, when there are uh, victims or people who uh, have been abused or need a new home. The United States steps up. And that's because of an abundance mentality and a gratitude. It all stems from gratitude. Lack of gratitude is the the great killer of, of fortunes. Uh, you lose that. You become a grievance-centered, and then everything starts to fall apart. Finally, Senator Ben Sass, concluding his final speech on the floor of the United States Senate, said that we need to actually look back in order to look forward. We need to look to our founders and the builders who came before us as examples to chart the way ahead. The heroes of American history, the folks that we put in marble all around this capital, know that this country gets to write its own destiny. Generation after generation fought to make this a better and a freer and a more just place. And theirs is the example that we should follow. The folks like Abraham Lincoln, Susan B. Anthony, and Martin Luther King, they were too busy building. Let the same be said of those who would aspire to serve in this place. Let the Senate be the Senate again. Let the Senate be the Senate again, let the House be the House again, and let America be America again. And how do we do that? I, I love the visual that Senator Sass shared uh, of people like Abraham Lincoln, like Susan B. Anthony, like Martin Luther King Jr., who were too busy building to be distracted with anything else, too busy building and making their corner of this great country a little better. Uh, to lift the gaze and the vision of others just a little higher. Bringing people together, recognizing what happens when we link and lock arms together as neighborhoods and communities and as society and then as a country. And so it is time for America to be America again. Not a grievance, but a gratitude society where we're too busy building to be distracted by anything else. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. Much more to come on a busy day in our nation's capital. Much to discuss here locally as well. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, 
and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.